Well, listen, we're in, I believe, week six on vision, purpose, and faith. And, you know, I want to encourage you, go back, because we cover a myriad of, of scriptures, and there's been some wonderful principles that have been laid out, but I want to encourage you also go back and listen to Wednesday night, because we're talking about the renewing of your mind, which fits like a glove uh, with this series. And this, these are such important subjects. So let's just dive into it today. We're going to get into some good stuff. I want to, as I was preparing, there's, there's sometimes the Lord shows you something and you want to get there. And I, and I keep wanting to get to a certain place and the Lord just keeps kind of pulling me back. So we're just going to kind of take our time because you need to see the flow of this. It's not just a bunch of principles. You know, the word of God has full of principles, but the word of God is a flow. It's a lifestyle. So let's just, let's talk about this and then we'll just see how far we go here. Proverbs 29 verse 18 is such a foundational scripture for us. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he that keeps the law, right? Now we're reading this as a New Testament believer, but we would read this, but he that keeps the word, happy is he. But the first part of it reveals such a principle, where there is no vision, this Hebrew word vision, as I've said every week, it literally means a revelation. Where there is no revelation of the word of God, no revelation of who Jesus is, no revelation flowing as the Holy Spirit opens the word on the inside of you, right? It says the people perish. That means the people let go. That word perish means to let go. So many Christians, well, I should say this, there's probably not one person sitting in this room that's ever not let go of something, right? Aren't you so glad that if you let go of something, you could just go back and pick it up, Amen. right? But as we learn this principle, if you will put God's word first place in your life, if you will incline your ear to it, give it your undivided attention, if you'll keep it ever before your eyes, if you will keep the word and never let it depart out of your mouth, but if you'll meditate in it day and night, what happens, it stays in the midst of your heart, and now you're speaking the word constantly. You're meditating in it, saying it over and over, and the Holy Spirit will open the word on the inside of you, and you'll go from head knowledge to revelation knowledge, and faith is birthed there, and that's when you walk in revelation knowledge, you won't let go of things, ever. It doesn't matter what your body's screaming. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. You don't closely consider that. You are focused on what the word of God says, which will enable you to start to see your path and walk out your path. So that's what this is talking about. Vision, it's a function, again, kind of to review, vision is a function of your heart in the same way that sight is a function of your eyes, right? But we're talking about seeing with our spirit. We're talking about seeing. And what, what do I mean by seeing? 
having a revelation of who Jesus is. Because everything, remember, eternal life is knowing God the Father and Jesus' Son whom he sent. Everything flows from that. Because Jesus is life, right? He is the Word. So what happens is you're, you're meditating in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit opens the Word, and revelation comes, and it reveals something about Jesus. You get to know Him more intimately, and then you progress. And that is the walk of faith. So that's what we're talking about. God gave us His Word to put vision in us. Satan will try to use thoughts, circumstances, situations. He'll use everything in the world system to try to build his vision in your mind. We call that vain imaginations. If a vain imagination, if you, what that is, is on the inside of your mind, there's, there's this recording. You're seeing this HD film of you living your life in a way that's not what the Word says. It's in a way contrary, right? You'll see yourself in lack when the blessing of Abraham is upon you. You'll see that there's no way to go where you need to go when God is the one who makes a way where there is no way. You know, you'll just see things wrong. So God gave us his word to put his vision in us. As you meditate in the word of God, you will begin to see his thoughts. Right? God wants to show you who he is. Right? Remember, you know the bottle. Here, i got to use the bottle of water again, right? Let me get out my ministry kit, Pastor Edwin. <laughs> so remember, God's word, words are containers, but they contain his thoughts. This is why people will study the Bible their whole life, have all kinds of degrees, but they never understand. Many times, what are they saying? Oh, you know, that Holy Spirit, forget that. Forget the Holy Spirit? Congratulations, you're an idiot and you'll never be able to see any of the Bible. Right? Forget the Holy Spirit, we can't even be saved. Right? Can I say it that strongly? Absolutely, this is very serious. We've got a whole bunch of Christians that are walking around. It's, gonna be, it's actually going to be pretty fun. And I, I can't talk about all the denominational circles. I just talk about our stream of this word of faith where we've gotten really lazy. And we've, hear, we've heard scriptures and we think we know them. But yet we're wondering why nothing is ever working out. Why we're not laying hold. And it's very simple. We're not seeing anything. Remember the principle? You can't possess what you don't see. But oh, when the Lord, the Holy Spirit will open, the entrance of his word gives light in Psalms. The opening of his word, light comes out. So the bottle is the container, it's the word, but it contains his thoughts. The water would be like his thoughts. And God's thoughts will shape you. In the same way, if you embrace wrong thoughts, they will shape your life. Satan wants your mind. He wants your imagination so that he could take your destiny. But not here, right? Not here.
So God's word, it just doesn't affect you unless you see it. So this is so important. You cannot possess more than what you see. So the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you things to come. He shows you. Does that make sense? Remember, Bible knowing, Bible knowing is not head knowledge. Right? Bible knowing means to experience. Right? We go back even even in the book of Genesis, and Adam knew Eve knowing. New Testament. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I preach? Didn't I lay hands on the sick? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Right? And Jesus doesn't say, he doesn't acknowledge that they did any of that. So there's no way that they did that. Now, they thought they did. But that's what happens. When you're a hearer only of the word and not a doer, Satan doesn't deceive you. You deceive yourself, as it says in James. And Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. The Greek word genosko. It was a Jewish idiom word in the day of Jesus. It literally was a Jewish idiom word for sexual intercourse. I never knew you. I never knew you intimately where where I was conceived in you and then birthed out of you. Daniel 11.32, they that know their God. That means to know so intimately where things, the Hebrew word means that you know so intimately where things are birthed or conceived in you and birthed out of you. They that know their God will be strong. What is that? Courageous, that Hebrew word means courageous enough to seize hold of things, to not let them go. And will do exploits, will do things beyond their ability. Man, God doesn't call you to do anything by yourself or for yourself. You do everything with him. He calls you according to his ability. That's how come many times, when you, when you start to get a glimpse of it, you can't even see it without revelation knowledge, but when you start to get a glimpse of it, it's way bigger than you. Right? Don't you love little kids? We need to be around little kids more. They just believe everything is possible. Right? And the world system is designed to break that down, to create fear and doubt. But the word of God, God wants to build his vision in you where you don't just talk positively, now you're talking unlimited. You're not thinking positively, you're thinking unlimited, way beyond positive. Okay? So this is so very important. So now we have, we have vision, but now we need purpose. Purpose is the intent for which God created you. God has a very specific purpose for your life. Very specific. Right? It's, it's, it, God has a destiny for you. You are not... It, this is not by chance that you're here. Yeah. Not by chance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So purpose, it's the intent that God created you for. 
Satan will try to tell you. He'll try to beat you down with circumstances, get you so busy that you just think you're living life. Sometimes when you have some pressure, especially financial pressure, it'll get to the point where you'll just start to, you just, if you get to that point where the pressure is taken off, you're just so glad the pressure's off that you're no longer really looking and living by purpose. So many Christians are living in the need realm. God wants to get you beyond the need realm into the purpose realm. And vision will show you your purpose. Amen? So this is very important. Vision actually comes out of God's purpose for you. In other words, you see your purpose through the eyes of vision. And this is why we talk about these things. Purpose, in other words, again, is the source of your vision. All right? Because people don't have a revelation of who God is, they let go of their purpose and settle. They settle for maybe what their flesh wants, but it's far below. God wants you to leave an eternal footprint in humanity, every one of us. And Satan's trying to stop that. You become, never forget this, you, you will become what you behold. Whatever you're looking at, if you keep looking at it, you will eventually look to it and it will become your source and you will become what you behold. God is saying, keep your eyes on me because God's will for our life from the word of God is that you be fashioned like unto the exact image and representation of Jesus in the earth. You are to be Jesus in this earth. We are the body of Christ. So why we're teaching about this is faith and vision are inseparable. You can't walk by faith without vision. Revelation knowledge of God's word how does it come? It comes as a result of you meditating in the Word of God. Have you ever noticed what comes against you when you start to think about meditating in the Word? Satan doesn't want you, he does not want you taking a scripture and start speaking it out of your mouth over and over and over again. Because he knows your tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. Right? That's Psalm 45.1. And he knows the Holy Spirit will etch the word of God on your heart. And he knows the Holy Spirit will open it up on the inside of you. And revelation of who God is comes and he's done. Faith is there. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? Meditating on God's word, this is what happens when you meditate in God's word. It enables you to operate out of what you believe in your heart, instead of just trying to make something happen in your own strength, trying to figure it out. That just, if you'll notice, when you try to start figuring it out, it wears you out, right? But if you walk and meditate in the word of God and start operating out of your heart, 
It's a rest. You won't start grabbing things that, that that's... You're, see, you don't want to grab something and start trying to do it when that's God's supposed to do that. Right? Put all the pressure for everything on the Word of God because the Word of God is what produces everything. Not us. The Holy Spirit brings revelation knowledge of God's word to produce vision in you. If you have no vision, then there is no blueprint for your faith to produce. Where there's no vision, there is no blueprint for your faith to produce. So that's, that's why things can't happen. Your faith works to produce your vision. That's why they're inseparable. Your faith cannot go beyond your revelation of God's word. It can't go beyond that. Right? So what you do is you act on the faith of God that comes as a result of hearing, or in reality, hearing slash seeing his word. And then faith will produce the vision for you according to the blueprint. Isn't that amazing? I could tell you this, God has some incredible blueprints that he wants to produce in this realm for you. Incredible blueprints. I mean, there's a blueprint of you where there is no bondage, there is no residual of any hurts that, that ever, uh, uh, any hurts, any abuse. There's no residual. He wants, he wants to, to start building that vision, right, of your body being completely healed, strong, whole. He wants, he has a blueprint for you that for your ministry and what you're to be doing in your ministry and your family, with your spouse, with your kids, with your family, with the people that you come in contact with, part of that vision is that you yield all of your fruit in your season. There's a blueprint to where as you age, your leaf always stays fresh. You never lose freshness, never lose strength. That's God's plan for your life. He has some wonderful blueprints for you. So here's another piece. You guys ready? This is a good piece. This is like job security for me. But I have to tell you this because it talks about how important that the fivefold ministry is for you. You know, specifically in the local church, the pastor office is, is real interesting and it's necessary. Now, I'm not, I'm not bragging on myself because I have nothing to do with that. I can't do any of that on my own. It's, it's all from the gifts and anointing and the grace that's within me. But let's read what it says. Jeremiah chapter 3 in verse 15. Because I want you to have a very clear picture of how this works. Because, you know, if a pastor is insecure, that pastor will just want you to need him. And... And we need the great shepherd, Jesus. And everything flows from the great shepherd, right? 
I mean, I live in a wonderful environment of encouragement and things like that, and that's wonderful. But man, you know, sometimes when pastors are insecure or they go through some stuff, they start to get controlling. It's not my job as a pastor to tell you how to live, right? It's not my job as a pastor to look at the way you live and judge you. I'm not a judge. I am your brother, Tony, who is your pastor. And we walk together. Amen? Hallelujah. It's hard to read these because the Lord's always talking to me about this. It says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart. Wow, that, that statement is amazing to me because I could be sitting in my car and a name of someone in our church can come up to me and it's just a flow, something flowing out of my spirit and it's from the heart of God. Which shall feed you, feed you. So let's look at this. So my job is to feed you with something. This word feed, it means to tend, it means to pastor a flock, it means to graze, right? How do you graze? For some of you, some of you graze a lot. Some of you, because of this soothing voice God has given me, I put you to sleep every night like a good pastor, right? If you come to church Wednesday night and you're too tired, sometimes I'll put you to sleep Wednesday night, but it's all good because your spirit still gets it. And when I see somebody in our church kind of dozing off, it excites me because they're hungry, right? You know how many times I've woke up, I start having this time with the Lord and the next thing I know, I've got drool on my Bible, and you know, and the Lord's like, just go to bed, and I'm like, oh, I go, I'm like, Lord, I'm just, I apologize for that, and Jesus said that to me one time, he goes, don't apologize, that excites me, so that's why that excites me, right, I love it, feed, to graze, now here's another part of this Hebrew word, look at this, to rule, as you are associated as a friend. So how do I lead this church? By associating with you as a friend. Not rule, you either do what I say or, you know, that, that's not, right? That's not what this Christianity thing is. So many pastors are afraid of this Hebrew word because they think, man, you know, People just want their own agenda and all this other stuff. And it's like, don't worry about any of that. That's why God spoke. You know, Isaiah 54, no weapon will form against you, will prosper. That's why he spoke Joshua 1.5, that no man will stand before you and block you from doing what I've called you to do. It literally means to be, to rule as you are associated as a friend, to keep company with. The Lord told me this years ago, You know, I I was doing the study for the first time. We were teaching on the book of Revelation. And I'm reading these letters to the seven churches. And he's like, you know, all this stuff is going on. And pastor, I have something about against you. And I'm like, whoa, time out. So you mean you have something against me 
because of what's going on in other people's lives in the church? Yes. Wow. Okay. Right? So I'm like, so, so tell me how this works. And he said, Tony, he goes, you're an under-shepherd, and you are to take care of my sheep. So do you know Faith Family Church is not my church, right? You're not my sheep. You're his sheep. I'm an under-shepherd, so I'm tending his sheep. Does that make sense? And he said, you're an under-shepherd, and... and and you're to tend and feed my sheep that I send to you. And then he said, and never forget this, a shepherd should always smell like sheep. So that's why we live together, right? Now, obviously, I can't spend one-on-one time with everybody. I have great counseling sessions, though. You know, 8.45 on Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, seven o'clock Wednesday night, you know, if you're an early person, 6.30 Tuesday morning, first and third Saturdays, those are messages that will equip you, right? A lot of counseling is a little bit ridiculous because if you come and just vomit all your problems, guess what that does? It throws gasoline on them. Now, when you're with me or Pastor Edwin or Pastor Dave, you know, Pastor, Pastor Elisa, whatever, Pastor Jeanette, when, when you're with us, when you're with uh, Leanne as she's ministering, I mean, really, you're a pastor, right? There's, you can't separate these two. I have a feeling she might walk in more, more than all of us put together. Anybody who spent time with Leanne knows that, right? But, you know, when you're just dumping, you feel good because of what's coming off of her. Because we're, we're talking about the word, we're trying, to, we're trying to steer you away from just focusing on all this stuff. Because the more you talk about your problems, it's like gasoline that you're throwing on a fire. God wants you to, for, we even sang about it, forgetting those things that are behind, let's press ahead. You know, any marriage could be healed if both people will make a decision to change. And just forget the past and start anew. And have God first. Now, if they, if they don't, that's going to be, you know, two people can't walk together unless they're agreed. So I'm to feed you this way with knowledge. It's a Hebrew noun that means knowledge within God. Have you ever noticed how simple sometimes things are made? You come to church and you're like, man, you know, I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, Pastor, just the way you say this, the way you say things just fits me. Well, yeah, because I'm your pastor. Because I'm feeding you with knowledge, knowledge that's within God. And then understanding as well. This is a Hebrew verb that means the ability to consider a situation with comprehension in order to be successful or prosperous. It's insight into how to apply the knowledge that is within God. So the feeding that you get from a pastor 
will equip you to do the work of the ministry, but it will cause you to be able to apply the word of God to your life so that you can walk in success and prosperity. Isn't that amazing? Well, what is walking in success? Is it making a lot of money? No, that's more prosperity. Success is, are you doing what God's called you to do? Because that's the only thing that'll fulfill you. Because God's path was made for you. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. You guys doing okay? This is a big part of vision. Because because you're going to get stuff from your local church. That's the foundation of everything. Oh, there's great, great teachers. But show me somebody who just sits at home and watches all the top teachers in the world and, and they're a mess. Why? Because they're not planted, right? Because you don't flourish if you're not planted. There's not one example in the Bible where somebody went into the promised land and obtained their inheritance alone. They all went in with their company, all of them. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors. This is the Greek word that means shepherd. And teachers. Why? What will the fivefold ministry do for the perfecting of the saints? This word perfecting means to prepare them fully to completely furnish them, right? But this word does not mean flawless. It means completely furnished. Which means that as you're walking down your path, you know, don't beat yourself up if you choose wrong, get in the flesh, just jump back in the spirit and keep going. For the perfecting of the saints... Why? For the work of the ministry. There is so many saints that are wondering why their life's not working and it's because they're not kingdom-minded and they're living for themselves and they're, they're trying to get ahead and it's, man, if I could just, you know, I just got to do this for two years and then I'll serve God. And yeah, and, and everybody who's going, huh? Those are those of us who are a little older, right? I mean, all of a sudden it's like you get out of high school and you blink and you're in your upper 20s. And you're like, but that, no, that's nothing. You're still kind of, you still kind of can mess around and kind of waste some time. But then, you know, you hit 30, and it's almost like you trip over 30 and you're 40, <laughs> right? And, and then you're just, man, if I just do, I got to do this and this. And then by that time, Satan's heaping other things that you've got to do and got to take care of. And if you're not careful, you're sitting in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, which are to be your most productive years on the earth. And, 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 you're, and you're wondering, you got all these detrimental thought processes and, and, and Satan is, has separated you from faith many times and it's so confusing. Well, today I've got really good news for you. Just change. It's simple. If you've blown it, 
If God called you when you were a teenager and now you're 60 or 65 or 70 and, and it's just nothing on the inside of you, is just, just literally just start meditating in the word. Start speaking the word of God and it'll change everything. Your emotions, the reason why you've missed the plan of God is because Satan twisted your emotions. And these emotions that are supposed to give you momentum in walking out the plan of God have been twisted and now they're trying to lead you and you're led by your emotions. So if things are going great, you're happy. But if they're not, you're really sad. And guess what? Everything God calls you to do, it'll seem like there's no way to do it. All hell will try to break out to stop it. And, and you'll just go down this roller coaster. But when you realize that your emotions can literally be untwisted very quickly, as you meditate in the word of God, as you just meditate and speak it, what you think about and what you speak is what fuels your emotions. So if you'll start thinking right and speaking right, your emotions will start going from messing with you, trying to be your Holy Spirit. You know the joke, men are always saying, yeah, my wife's the Holy Spirit. No, 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 she's not. Your emotions many times are trying to be the Holy Spirit right? And you'll feel real good as you're going off a cliff. And then you'll wonder what happened when you hit the bottom, right? Right? So let's keep going with this. How do we get off on all that? So for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, see, here's another thing for the work of the ministry. Do you know that you're all in full-time ministry? All of you. Now, you, you know, you guys don't live in the same world as me. I work twice a week. I have nothing to do but read the word all the time. Yeah. I know a lot of pastors that they just need to get in the word because they're just too busy, right, doing stupid things. But here's the thing. If you'll focus on the kingdom, then what happens is you are, you are literally sowing your life for the kingdom of God. And God is harvesting everything else that you need in life to you. So in reality, if you put him first, you will increase as you've never seen in your life. This is a, this is a key. The body of Christ, the pastor feeds the people so that they go out and do the work of the ministry. Why? For the edifying. That means the building up of the body of Christ. Right? This is how it works. That's how the body of Christ is built up. As you go into your world as a minister of the gospel, as your light, and then you lead those people to Christ, you love on people, you show people Jesus, you start discipling people, right? You get them planted in a local church. Maybe you have a Bible study that help them out. Whatever it is, God will lead you. And as you're doing that, all of a sudden, you might have some desires to start to do something outside the walls. And who knows? Outside the walls of the church, having your own ministry and doing different things. Who knows? But what we do is we just do the work of the ministry as God leads us. See, that's how the body of Christ increases. So, so now, since Pastor Mark had this song in the set list... 
we have to go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Because we sang about this, we might as well talk about it. Sometimes I think he has a camera in my office. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says this. Paul is talking. Now, he's in the worst prison in the known world, the Mamertine prison. I could describe it to you, but it's disgusting. And he wrote the epistle of joy, Philippians, from this place. And look at what he said about himself. He said, not as though I had already attained, neither or either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. He lived his life on the road to Damascus when the, when the power of God knocked him off that donkey when the glory of God caused a film to cover his eyes and he couldn't see. And he said this, Lord, first thing out of his mouth, Lord, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus who you persecute. Second question, what would you have me to do? Those two questions, who are you? What would you have me to do? Paul said, my determined purpose is to know him. Right? Everything about Paul was to know God and to follow God's plan. So he's saying, I follow after to apprehend who's apprehended me. Right? He says, not that I'm perfect. In other words, you know, when he's in that Mamertine prison, I, I'm not so sure all of his words maybe were right. But if he ever started maybe complaining, man, the word of God was so big in him, he would stop and make that adjustment. That's why when he talked about perfect, it's always the, it's always the word. It doesn't mean flawless. It means adjust and repair. That's how you walk through life. But he says this, but brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. At this time, he says, I, I don't count myself as, as one who's apprehended. I haven't walked it all out. I haven't apprehended everything yet. Now, he did tell Timothy at the end of his life, listen, I've finished my course. I've run my race. It's time for me to go home. Church history tells tells us that when they were taking him to be beheaded, he broke away from the Roman soldiers and he ran over to the place where they chopped, chopped your head off and he laid his head down. He said, I'm ready to depart. I finished my course. Right now he's saying, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Now this is huge in vision. Forgetting those things that are behind me. Do you know what stops a revelation of who God is and how much he loves you and, and all that he is? We get stuck in our past mistakes and who we are. You're going to have to draw a line in the sand and forget all that and look in the mirror and start to say that you are who God says you are. And man, your flesh will fight you. 
standing in front of that mirror going, I am a man of God. I walk by the faith of God. Your, your, your brain will be going, are you kidding me? Right? I love the word of God. Your flesh is going, yeah, whatever. You haven't been in the word for a month. Just keep saying it. Right? But you know why? You're not lying because your spirit man does love the word of God. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Everything I put my hand to will be brought to maturity. I will yield all of my fruit in my season. The blessing of Abraham is upon my life, and, you, and he's prospering me, and he's increasing me. Start walking around saying that. Oh, for a while, man, you'll have some trouble. Not for long, though. Pretty soon, all that junk in your past you'll realize what you did is not who you are in Christ. And you'll start walking in the newness of life. Boy, this is a big, big thing. This one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me, right? And reaching forward unto those things which are before me. This one thing I do. Well, Pastor, you just, uh, you just said two things. No, that's one thing. How, why is it one thing? How do you know it's one thing? Because God said it's one thing. In other words, if you want to reach forward, you got to let go. You have to forget. Right? Husbands and wives, you want a, you want a, wonderful, you want a wonderful marriage. you got to let go of some things to move forward in your marriage. Right? Parenting, same deal. Ministry, same deal. In other words, stop beating yourself up for your past. Right? You'll have to renew your mind because some of those detrimental thought processes, and you'll say, well, I'm not doing that. Well, okay. Let's, let's, let's forget about, that's great, but let's put the light of the word of God on it. Because all of a sudden you'll think, you know, I'm, no, I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden revelation of the word will come and, and you'll be like, whoa. Yeah, I've been, I've been saying this and I've been thinking this wrong. And then the Lord will just say, hey, just make a change. And you make a change and here you go, more into life. That's how all of us walk. Forgetting those things that are behind us, reaching forth unto those things which are before Boy, every, every prison should be preaching this to their inmates. Because there's a lot of inmates that get saved and they're born again and they're free even though they're incarcerated. And God has a future for them. Right? And their record of a convicted felon is to have zero impact in their future. This, this, is, this is Bible. Reaching forward unto those things which are before, and he says this, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God, God's call on your life is a high call. God in all of his wisdom chose you to live right now at the end of the church age 
to be part of the biggest global revival that will ever hit, that has ever hit in 2,000 years of the church age. To be ushered in, in this glorious time. Don't let Satan minimize who you are. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You have a high calling of God in Christ. Wow. See, Jesus here, through the word of God, is speaking about developing, or I'm sorry, Paul here is, is literally speaking about developing his godly character. But to achieve the character of Christ, it's going to be a press. It's going to be a press. What do I mean by that? The enemy's going to come and try to stop it. But you have to realize you have all authority in the name of Jesus. He has no authority. Right? Because he'll come in your mind. He'll use circumstances, situations. He'll, he'll attack you illegally. And you need to keep him at bay. Right? Verse 14, the high calling of God. In other words, you must know where you are going. There is a divinely appointed destiny for your life. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is so important. So let me just, I'll go as quick as I can. I want to kind of put this all together. There's really five steps that you need to get a handle on to fulfilling your vision. So step number one, now this is deep, right? This is Pastor Tony deep. You need to realize that you have a vision. Wow, Pastor, that is, wow. The reason why I come here is just the, the wisdom of God is just flowing from you. People online right now are crying and weeping. They're going, that is amazing. Right? Sounds so simple. But life will beat you up to where you don't realize that God really has a vision for you right? Realize that you have been given a vision. He gave it to you. When? Before he created the earth. Vision, as we said before, it emanates from purpose, and God is the author of the vision that he's given you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows everything he's placed in you. There's things he's placed in you you haven't seen yet. God is purposeful. If you look at the word of God, he is exact, he's very purposeful in everything he does. He doesn't speak an idle word. He doesn't do an idle action. Everything he does is purposeful. I mean, all the way down to when Peter is on the beach after, the, after Jesus was raised from the dead, right? And, 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 and here's, here's Jesus on the beach. They're out on the boat. They went back to their own, own life. And they're not, they, they fished all night, caught nothing, and here they are, and, and here this, here's Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus yet, but you know, he goes, hey, cast your net on the other side of the boat, right? And what does the Bible say? That their net was filled, was it 156 fish? Yeah, their, their, their net was, how much was it? 153 something, whatever the number was. You'll have to look it up. I can't think about it right now. Does anybody know for sure? 153, Pastor Edwin, Leanne, okay. You guys get the prize. 
If I don't know what to say, I'm like looking over here, looking over here, right? Although, you know, one day you didn't even know what X plus Y was, right? No, I'm just teasing. So, so it says 153, and when you're reading the Bible, you know God. Everything is for a purpose, so you're like, okay, 153. So when I'm in Israel, uh, we were at some site, and there was a rabbi there, and he wrote out what the, the number 153, because the Hebrew language is like a numeric code. <laughs> you know what 153 says? I am Elohim, God. Do you know that God made you, your physical body, your eyes, your voice, everything about you is designed to yield all of your fruit. You, inside of you, there is grace, there's a measure of faith, there's gifts, all of which are designed for such a time as this, for you to live from glory to glory in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. Walking through rivers, going through furnaces, facing Goliaths. But man, you know, if you look in your wake, there's dead bodies who tried to throw you in the furnace. There's giants with heads rolling all over the place. Why? Because you are victorious. But in the midst of it, that's your walk. Everything. Don't look in a mirror and just get down on yourself. Right? Now, some of us are maybe a little bigger in areas than they should be, but I'm working on that. But man, I'm telling you everything about you. No, don't minimize yourself. You see, you have to see that. If you're single, God has the perfect spouse for you. Don't buy a counterfeit, right? Don't, don't go to work for a company just because they pay you a little bit more. Be led by the Spirit of God. Don't worry about the money because God is your source. And oh, you have the blessing of Abraham. It'll bring you into a full and overflowing if you'll just follow him. Psalm 33 well, let me say this. He's not only purposeful in all he does. God is a God of action based on purpose. God is always moving. Everything he does is for a purpose. Psalm 33:11 says this. The counsel, this Hebrew word means plans. The counsel or the plans of the Lord stands forever this plan that he has for your life guess what it will stand forever everything you are doing now for him and with him is preparing you for what you will do in eternity but it won't change it stands forever the thoughts this word thoughts in the hebrew language means the purposes so the thoughts or the purposes of his heart to all generations. Isaiah 14, 24 says this, the Lord of hosts has sworn, hath sworn, saying, surely as I have thought, that Hebrew word means planned, surely as I have thought or have planned, 
so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Wow. Realize God has a vision for you. Number two. Number two. Realize that God created everything to fulfill a purpose. Everything. Right? See, you've got to know this. So, so as you delight yourself in the Lord, what happens is your eyes are fixed on Him. You're making Him the source of your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. And what your eyes are on and what you're speaking out of your mouth what happens now is a desire will come out of your heart. It's really amazing. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says this, According as he hath or has chosen us in him, when? When did he choose you? Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us or preplanned us, into the adoption of children by Christ or Jesus Christ to himself, and it was according to the good pleasure of his will because he wanted to. God, in other words, has planned in advance all that you were ever to be and ever to do, ever to accomplish. It's all part of his plan. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, it says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. See, God has also determined a time for that purpose to be accomplished. And I'm here to tell you the purpose that he wants accomplished in your life. Now is the time. This is your time. Don't let the enemy steal it from you. Be bold as a lion as you know him. And walk out God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. Boy, there's power in just even staying that. You must know the vision in your heart. Your purpose is to be fulfilled during the time of your life on this earth. Oh, he's got a purpose for you in heaven. Or, or in eternity, I should say. So number three. Realize your vision has been given to you. Why? to manifest. It's been given to you to be manifested in this earth realm, but your vision has already been accomplished in eternity. Remember, we talked about that. What you're believing God for today has already been done. So God gave you, literally, God gave you a vision very specifically, and it is to be manifested in your life on this earth right now. However, don't stop there. It's already been done. It's already been completed way before you were ever born in the spirit realm. He prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He will lead you in paths of righteousness. He will show you the path of life, right? Isaiah 46, remember, we went through this a little bit. Verse 9 and 10, it says, Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is none else. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring. This, this Hebrew word, nagad, me, literally means 
announcing, manifesting, explaining, exposing the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. God finishes everything first in the spirit realm and then he goes back and starts them in the physical realm. He finished everything about your life, and then all of a sudden you showed up. And now the Holy Spirit is going to walk you through this thing that's already done. So this is why the Bible doesn't say, the word ask in the New Testament, this is why it, it doesn't mean, hey, can you give me this, God? No, no, it means to call for, to make a demand for, to require. Hey, God, I require my healing. The enemy attacked me illegally, and I, I require it, so I just believe I receive it. Thank you. I require these finances. When did God supply all the finances for Faith Family Church? Way before he created the earth. So don't get stressed if it's not there when you think it should be. It's already done in the, in the spirit realm. God tells us what the end of the matter is to be, then he backs up and begins the process of fulfilling the end. That's why God could say, I always cause you to triumph. I always give you the victory. That's why when you're in a battle, you start out with, I'm victorious. Instead of striving to fulfill what God has given you to do, you can trust and rely on him to finish it as you allow him to guide you through the specifics. That's faith. That is why you must live by faith looking forward with expectation for what God has already accomplished for you. And your faith will give the substance to it. If you don't do that, you're going to be moved by the circumstances that you see with your eyes instead of the vision that you have in your heart. That's why 2 Corinthians 4.18, we've said this many times, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen, look at that, they're temporal. That means they are subject to change, but the things that are not seen are eternal. That Greek word means they're unchangeable. What God says is unchangeable. Step number four, we're flying now. We must understand the key to recognizing this personal vision from God. We have to recognize the key. What is the key? I am so glad you asked. The key is God's will is as close as the desires of your heart. Man, I grew up saying, you know, don't ever say you don't want to go to Africa and be a missionary. Or you don't want to go to, you know, Zimbabwe and be a missionary, whatever, because then God will make you do that. Well, that's not Bible. Talk, talk to the missionary in the middle of nowhere. And they'll tell you, this is my home. Why? Because the desires of my heart are to be here. So the key, God's will is as close as the desires of our heart. God has put his plan for your life within your heart. You've heard me say this. Your future is not in front of you. It's within you. And when you connect with things, you'll just know it. 
I think of Jeanette. I was on a crash course. Man, here she is. She goes to Bible college in Dallas. I'm in Southern California. I'm believing God for a wife. See, there's nobody around me. You know, people live here in Omaha and say, yeah, there's just nobody around me. You know what, you know what everybody says in California? Yeah, there's, just, there's nothing to do. There's nobody around me. It's all the same. Why? Because it's the same liar that's here that's there. But, but Jeanette was always in my heart. She's going to have to talk to God about why, but, you know, I'm really happy about that. I think she is too, right? I mean, you're happy, aren't you? Yeah? Okay. She's just like, yeah, yeah. I hope that's true. You know, she was in a drama with the church years ago. She cried on cue. I'm like, wow, does this woman really love me? I would never know, right? But, but, but when, I, when she came across my path, I just knew it. You know, there's things that happen, you just know. When we walked in this building, I looked at Jeanette and go, what are these people doing in our building? And this place looked kind of wild. But we just knew. You just, that's the way it is in life, if you'll delight yourself in the Lord. The will of God comes into your life in the form of his word but it comes out of your spirit in the form of desires, okay? Desires are expressions of God's will for your life. Psalm 37, 4 says this, delight yourself also in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's how it works. So intellectually, you absorb and evaluate information that's coming through your five senses. Emotionally, you feel certain things about these situations and circumstances. And what happens is they mix. Your mind's evaluation and your emotional response mix and produce a desire. That's how the natural desires come. So that's why you got to be careful what you look at. But if you'll delight in the Lord and look at him and fix your eyes on him, the real desires will come out and a desire from God will eclipse every natural desire that you'll ever have. In other words, a desire will produce a decision. See, because once that mixes and the desire comes, if it's wrong, then your will will enact it. In other words, you are always walking out your desires. If they're wrong desires, then you're walking wrong. But if, oh boy, if you'll keep your eyes on the Lord, all of a sudden you'll, you'll be led by your desires. You'll be like, all of a sudden you'll have this desire. And, and the thing is, you'll look at it and go, yeah, there's no way that that could happen. But your eyes are on Jesus and down on the inside, you know, no, no, he will bring it to pass. And all of a sudden you're living Zoe life. Hallelujah. We tend to look for God's will everywhere but within ourselves, right? The body of Christ has taken the office of the prophet and made it a negative thing because of their own laziness. People are running all over the world to go to meetings to get a word from God when he has 800,000 words right here. And if you'll build yourself up here, Guess what? When that prophet says, thus saith the Lord, you will know. It'll confirm with what God's saying in your heart. And it'll strengthen, it'll, it'll literally equip you. 
But if you have somebody prophesying over you something that's not in your heart, you can't do that. Right? People step out, and even, even if that prophet got it right, the timing will be wrong, nothing will work. And if you'll notice, what happens to people like this is they get all into themselves. My ministry. I need to go do my ministry. Yeah, but could you help watch a baby? No, no, I, I, I got to do my ministry. And they're 20, and they're 30, they're 40, they're 50, they're 60, they're 70. That's about how fast it goes, right? And all of a sudden they're like, why did my ministry never get off the ground? Because God never calls you to your ministry. You don't ever do anything for yourself or by yourself. Yeah, but you don't understand. I don't really like people. It's my personality. And people have let me down. No, 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 no. No, just get in the word. Let the word do the work. Let the desires come from God, and all of this will make sense. And it's fun, and it's glorious. We look for men to pro- men or women to prophesy over us so that we can know the will of God for our life. A prophet can confirm your vision, but they cannot give you your vision. Step number five. You guys okay with that? Realize the vision is both personal and corporate. It's never just you. It's not your personal vision only. It's always connected to something bigger. Personal vision is always found within and connected to a larger vision, this corporate vision. This larger vision is what stirs personal vision. That's why if somebody would watch a baby in a nursery or usher, or do something in their local church, it will actually stir the corp- the, this other, the, that, that corporate vision. And you're like, well, yeah, I, I, I'm, I just, what do you mean, come in and wash a window? Pastor, are you telling me that the reason why I'm so frustrated, the reason why nothing is working, is because I'm not on the cleaning team? Yes. Guys, it's the way it works. Do you know there's no little job in the kingdom? And if you'll you'll become kingdom-minded and be faithful in your own house, while you're being faithful, it will stir the plan of God on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, businesses are happening, ministries are happening, increases coming, and you're just like, wow, this is awesome. I did not like cleaning a church and a daycare. How, many, how long did I do that? Three or four years? Oh, it's crazy what kids do to bathrooms. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I'd run into people and they would talk about how the anointing on you, you should be preaching at that church, not cleaning it. And that was the enemy. I'm so glad that I would clean that. Man, that pulpit was immaculate. Those bathrooms were immaculate. That's where I found out about sticking, you know, those little earplugs that people wear in machine shops. I used to wear them when I worked in a machine shop. Uh, You'd work graveyard shift in a factory. You'd have these earplugs that, they're styrofoam, you you twirl them and then you put them in, they expand. 
I don't know who the kid was. I'm really glad I never found out. But man, some of these little boys, they thought it was really cute to take certain things that are coming out of their backside and throwing it on walls. And I just can't, I mean, I can't change diaper. I can't live in that world. So I had those earplugs and I jam, I look like Mike Tyson. I jam them up my nose. Did it for years. Man, I'll tell you, uh, Hillsong, worship, I just walk around listening to teaching, listening to worship weeping and the playground outside had sand so when you would vacuum the sanctuary of the church it would be like shh, shh. i mean that's crazy for years i did that you know i'm so grateful i did that i mean what a wonderful clean church we have here what wonderful faithful people we have that minister it's just wonderful what god's doing Many people are needed to fulfill a vision. You get equipped corporately to fulfill personal vision. That's the way it works. God's method is to give vision to an individual who shares it with people. God brings him to fulfill the vision. The group will run with the vision because they find in the vision a place for their own personal visions to be fulfilled. The joy of God's plan for personal and corporate vision is that nothing we are born to do is to be done by ourselves or for ourselves. So, let's finish up real quick. Step number one, realize you've been given a vision, right? Step number two, this is for those people that right now are freaking out because they missed one of them because I went too fast which would be just like me, all next week I'll be at Winter Bible Seminar taking notes going, shoot, what did he say, you know, right? Realize, number two, realize that God created everything to fulfill a purpose. Step number three, realize your vision has been given to you to manifest it in this earth at this time. However, it's already been completed in eternity. Number four, Understand the key to recognizing personal vision, right? What is the key? God's will comes to you in the form of desires. God's will comes into your spirit in the form of his word, but what comes out of your spirit into your mind are desires. Number five, realize the vision is both personal and corporate. Amen? Amen?